You know that this is our 20th episode. Hey, we should say, <laughs> we should say something about that. Well, we're recording, so we'll say it right now. Hey, look, it's our 20th episode. <laughs> if, uh, each, if each episode was one episode per year, which it kind of almost is, it'd be two decades worth of podcasting. I'm fine with using our own like entire like idea of you know time measurement for this um, because we could either we could spin it however we want. It's our destiny, right? Oh, that's it's, that's true. It's two decades of recording, which makes us sound really experienced until you <laughs> listen to us, and then you're like, "Wow, these guys are horrible." <laughs> or you realize that podcasting hasn't even been around for 20 years. If you want to be a show off and think too much about it, or I was gonna say. If we use it, you know, we flip the uh, the time measurement a bit. Uh-huh. It's like, oh well, what if we pretend like, you know, we've actually done twenty in a year? People would be like, oh wow, these guys yeah. are actually like, dedicated. That'd be cool. And so they'd be you, like, why were they talking about? Uh, what were you talking about? Nineteen eighty four that time, or <laughs> the Houston Oilers? What are you talking about? Oh, the Houston Oilers. Aren't they still in Houston? The Oilers? No. Oh, God, what happens? Uh. What happens when the Madeira wine starts flowing? <laughs> you time travel. This is why we're talking about time. It all uh, comes together now. I mean, those were glorious years in the NFL, I have to say. You know, like Earl Campbell, Warren Moon. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, I kind of, uh, what, what was the coach's name? Uh, Bum Phillips. Bum. Yeah. Wait, I mean, Papa Phillips. Uh, yeah. That's like, to me, that's football. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's kind of like, you know, when you, whatever, whatever pizza you grew up on. For yeah. you, that's that's what pizza is. Okay, interesting. Yeah. Although I didn't, I didn't, it's not like I grew up with the Oilers because I, you know, I lived in Seattle. But yeah, this is a, this tie-in as. But I, I just remember <laughs> so vividly from that time, you know. No, um, I get what you're saying. I get what yeah. you're saying. It's like, you know, um, like whatever era of you know Batman movie you grew up with, you're yeah. like, hey, well, that's who Batman is. Like, I think Ma- I think Michael right. Keaton, is Batman. Right? Yeah, actually, he's and my then, Batman. You know, yeah. I have co- I have cousins that are you know just let's say three, four years younger than me, uh-huh. to them, Batman's Christian Bale. Like, it's... Yeah, that's, that's sorry, no. And I just, just you know... It's I, a, I, I'm Batman. It's that, that's the quote. You know, it's like the Michael Keaton... Well, he does his own, too. It's just, it's, you know, I'm yeah. Batman. It's like that. Right, but to me, that's not... Anyway, I know, I, I totally get what you're saying. But, yeah. You know, the problem with the 80s was that the Super Bowls, people were getting blown out. They were really bad. And and they were they were bad in a majority of the nineties as well. Yeah. And if I don't, if I'm not mistaken, maybe also the early two thousands, like I think we've only recently, like in the last, let's say three of the last four, four of the last five, some kind of, uh, you know, chunk of time like that. Mm -hmm. Have we had like truly high scoring slash, you know, well, whether they're high scoring or not, there's a lot of drama. There's some, yeah, like competitive, like exciting. It started in the late, Aughts or what, what? What do you call that first decade of? The I've game? never done that. That phrase you just said. I've never done that. <laughs> I've read it before. I've I never just, said it before. Yeah. But um, you know, like I think about like uh, you know the Cardinals versus the Steelers. Right. Right. I think super since exciting. Then, yeah. Since then, you could say you know like they really started to get entertaining. I mean, mm-hmm. um, I believe it was after that you had the helmet catch one with the Giants, um, uh-huh. had, uh, which actually was not a good game. It just became really exciting. Yeah. At the end, right? Yeah. It was like seventeen thirteen or seventeen something, you know, like throughout the game, you yeah. know. But uh, God forbid one team scores seventeen points, right? <laughs> what the hell did we just see? What the hell? What the well, hell? Well, it's funny because I bring it up because 
Yahoo had a had an article about worst Super Bowls ever, and they they listed this one number tenth because people were talking about this as a bad Super Bowl. But most of the other ones were all the blowouts. You know, it's like the game was over in the first five minutes, and you know, like that makes it a terrible Super Bowl. Track. I, I mean, I guess it's it's more of like I think, and and again, this is probably just you know my sort of uh, uh, my now my blossoming old man isms that I that I have that I'm nice and old. Uh, you know, everyone just – everything is so final to, like, most people that watch sports now. Like, yeah. whether it's just hot take-isms or whether it's just the the whole instant gratification thing that people have with social media, I don't know. Mm-hmm. But, like, everything is as, quote-unquote, ever to them, right? Yeah. Best player ever. Quote Best unquote. ever. Worst ever. Best yeah. team ever, quote-unquote. Oh, this team could beat that team from whenever. Yeah. Like, everyone's trying to do this, like, final blanket statement thing, mm-hmm. and it drives me bananas. Like, it drives yeah. me absolutely insane. Um, because there's no way of knowing like to me it's on the it's on the realm of saying oh that Alabama team could beat a pro football team they couldn't even beat the other college team or whoever (laughs) let's say let's say it's Clemson they're talking about but that's the example no I know yeah this dominant team in college can beat a pro team and it's like I don't know can they like can they you know could any college team ever have beaten any pro team ever and we'll never do not well, we'll yeah, we'll never know. Because they're not going to play. And that's what kills me about these whole era yeah. arguments and is this the worst Super Bowl ever or not? I'm like, okay, so it's either got to be the best Super Bowl ever or the worst. There's yeah. no in between. <laughs> it's kind of the point I was trying well, to, to Yahoo's, make. Well, to Yahoo's credit, they put it number 10 out of 10. So they had several right. that were ahead of it. But, I mean, I would say that this one was terrible for the casual fan. I agree Like, with it that. wasn't exciting. You know, like, it was 3-3 going into the fourth quarter, right? Yeah, like, I that's agree. not Even an ex- exciting game i don't know even as two guys that love football like we do um i mean how exciting was it to you were you just sitting there well, like i actually at the time i appreciated the game but i wanted the rams to win and i was like god damn it yeah three to three going into the fourth quarter the rams yeah. are gonna lose yeah. yeah i mean actually at the at halftime i was like the rams are gonna lose because they're only down by three or they're down at all i mean they, sh- they had to have been up at that point they needed to be up by three touchdowns to have a chance yeah i mean we should have known that, like the that early the first drive where Bra- the ball gets tipped and there's a pick, and yeah. you're thinking, "Hey, the Rams are starting out just what you got to do: I get know. Brady off the field, go steal some points. Yep. This is it. This yep. is how it starts." And before I knew it, I literally like went and got a beer after they got the turnover. Yeah. I went and got a beer, came back, they're punting. I know. I was like, Wait, I what happened? I mean, I saw I saw the rest of the drive. You know, I, I like caught up on it, but yeah. I it was over before it started. Right. And yeah. I think that's like a microcosm of the whole game. It's like, yeah. well, this is it. This is their moment. No, they're punting. Okay. They're yeah. punting again. And it's, it was nuts. I mean, so uh, as uh, somebody I follow on Twitter, Akili Hammond put it, um, we could have had Saints Chiefs and a Rihanna halftime show. And instead, here we are. Oh, man. That's, <laughs> that's not even twisting the knife. That's like you're jabbing another knife into <laughs> the knife, and it's like super knife. I mean, uh, She's not wrong. You know what I mean? Like, even no, the halftime no. show was super mediocre. But yeah, not wrong. I don't know. But I think about it, like, 10 years from now, if you look back, I mean, it's, it's obviously not the most exciting game, right? Like, I mean, if you're, unless you're a Patriots fan. Um, yeah. and, you, and you fast forward to the fourth quarter. But, yeah. you know, it might have been one of the best coached games I've seen. One of the best coached yeah. Super Bowls I've seen. And so, at least on yeah. the part of the defenses. Yeah, yeah. The defenses both played really, really well. Um, and I think that's the case when you have this type of a game flow or lack thereof yeah. and this type of a 
score really, or, you know, or whatever you want, however you want to slice it. Um, yeah, I think, um, you know, the interior pass rush of the, the Rams was able to, to, you know, get there enough times and, and make something work. But then obviously they were just kind of letting Brady have all this underneath stuff and he turns it into, Hey, Edelman, go get 10 catches and go, you know, get 160 yards. Right? What, did, what, what, like Edelman doesn't do this every single game. Like, what was the Rams' problem? Like, why couldn't they cover the guy? And I and and I don't know. I mean, all credit to to Edelman. He had a hell of a game and all that. But like, he's not normally a guy that's going to cook you deep, right? So sure. yeah, when teams play against other receivers that are clearly the number one target, you know, like uh, AJ Green, a uh, Julio, uh, AB, uh, Hopkins, whatever. What does everyone say? Oh, we're going to bracket him, right? We're going to bracket him. Yeah. That's what everybody does. Belichick does it to everybody else. Yeah, and and I don't know if the Rams did it. If they did, I didn't see it. And if they did, it didn't work well. If they did, I mean, bracketing usually means like short and deep, you right? Mm-hmm. Like you're one guy has short, one guy has deep, and so you yeah. don't get beat deep or whatever. With yeah. Edelman, I feel like you have to bracket him left and right. <laughs> like like he's sure. he's not going to go deep, like you're saying. Yeah, yeah. he's good. He is going to absolutely be too quick in the short yeah. in the short game. They had, I mean, it was just like a personnel problem. Like, Talib isn't quick enough to keep up with him, or like, what was the problem? I would think, I would think, let's say you got Edelman, short area quickness. Dude, he does play like, you know, for everything that you want to say about a receiver, kind of of his stature or whatever you want to call it. He plays tough. He puts his head down, he gets yards, he does that. He's okay. going to fight with you at the line of scrimmage, mm-hmm. but you still have to kind of attack him that way, right? I would think. Yeah. Throw off the timing, try and disrupt Brady, you know, mm-hmm. indirectly, slash directly um, by throwing off the timing. And I don't think Tlaib's a perfect guy for that. I don't think he's going to get in his face. He's going to try and slap his hands around. He's going to try and get him turned the other way. Like, right. I would think they would have just told Tlaib, like, we don't care how many goddamn penalties you get. Right. Fight with him the whole game. Fight yeah. the whole game. Go yeah. do your best Ty Law impression. Just fight mm-hmm. the whole game. Um, and didn't seem to be the thing. He was getting free releases pretty much, and he was just cooking them on slant routes and ends yeah. and drags, and that's what he's going to do. He's faster than you. They get, you know, short area quickness. That's short, what the yeah, quickness, do, yeah, right. right? It's, it's, it's the West Welker. It's the Edelman. It's mm-hmm. all the running backs that they throw to. It's all of them, right? That's what they do. It's pretty much everybody but Gronk or Chris Hogan. Mm-hmm. And Gronk turns out to be the deep threat here in this yeah, game, no you know, which is crazy to me. Like, I don't know. It's it just, to me, I don't know if it was a lack of, of like ingenuity in the, in this scheme because the defense did play well for the Rams. But I felt like the Rams as a whole didn't adjust to anything. Like, yeah. hey, Edelman's cooking us right now. Yeah, let's, let's change. Let's change up things. Nah, he'll get tired eventually. It's yeah. like this, it's like this approach of like, oh, I'm gonna go against Mike Tyson in the ring, and he'll get tired of punching me after some point. <laughs> it's like, come on, man, what are you doing? You know, and uh, I, I don't know. I just hurt his hand on my on my <laughs> yeah, on my maybe break his hand, smashing my face in. <laughs> Uh, that's, that's how it looked. And, and, and even then, it's like you flip it to the offense for the Rams. Mm-hmm. Belichick clearly disrupted a lot of their timing and flow and their bread and butter plays, yeah. um, as we've been talking about you know, in our, our group chat all week. Um, but so you counter to that. Like, in, right. what, in, what, in what context or what, in what frame of thought are you like, oh, the defense is just going to let me do what I want in the beginning, and they're never going to stop. It's, it's the weirdest thing. Like, like, where was the counterpunch? From McVeigh and company, it seemed like the the um, the Pats' defensive scheme was like penetrate, so that like yeah. disrupt them. 
know, because they do a lot of like zone runs, right? Like so side yeah. to side, yep. kind of the running back picks a hole, like penetrates so they can't get the lineman moving side to side. Yeah. Um, but they did that, and like you're saying, like the Rams didn't even they didn't so, make any adjustments. That's what I'm saying. And like you know, a lot of people are talking about, oh well, they took away the zone the zone running scheme, and they took away the jet sweep, and also I'm like. Wait, when did they try Jet Sweep? Did they try like two the whole game? Like, was it actually, taking a. I remember them faking it a couple times. I don't remember them yeah. actually running one. Were they actually run one? Yeah, so I'm saying it's like, so did they, were they trying to fake the thought of it? Like, I don't know. Like, <laughs> I get if you try it and it gets squashed. I'm not saying yeah. stay with it forever. I'm sure. just saying, like, the, yeah, they got taken out of it, but I don't know if they ever actually applied themselves to trying it. So uh, it yeah. didn't take, it, it, it took until I saw the game the second time for mm-hmm. me to really you know, digest and appreciate kind of and give the fair respect here to to the scheme that Belichick cooked up, right? Yeah. Patriots all year were predominant man defense. They played man most of the way, yeah. almost everywhere, most of the games. Um, they came out in a 6-1 alignment, you know, crowding the line of scrimmage, mm-hmm. using their ends essentially as like the two other the two outside linebackers, but they would start off really close to the line of scrimmage. Mm-hmm. And then they would kind of change responsibilities and yeah. drop back, rush forward, do that. So they're essentially running like a mid zone, but it wasn't a zone until they needed it to be. Because if it was a run, they were already up there and right. crashing in the gaps and the zone. That's why the zone um, blocking team kind of got, um, you know, discombobulated there. Yeah. And the other thing that that does, so that like they're, yeah, like you're saying, like they're crowding the line. So it takes away probably some elements of the run game. Yeah. It also makes it so Goff doesn't know who's coming at him, right? So he's exactly he's probably yeah. calling into the wrong or maybe, you know, once in a while like kind of the wrong blocking scheme or whatever. Yeah. Uh, he's he seemed overmatched in this game for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um I I mean this is kind of what I'm saying. Like why well, I think it was a, a well coached game, like on the by the defensive coaches anyway. Like that that was obviously like the right thing to counter the Rams. Although I can't believe no one's no one did that to them during the regular season, but maybe no one did. Well, well, I don't know if they did that same thing, mm-hmm. but if you look back over the last maybe four games or so of the year, mm-hmm. um, I feel like Goff in particular played some of his worst football. Um, yeah. I feel like they were cruising, they were coasting. He looked like yeah, that's true. You know, uh, yeah. a truly like he was really hitting his stride in the system and everything, and then he kind of out of nowhere just sort of hit this wall um, and obviously playing against the Bears defense I'm almost not even counting that because like they're insane yeah um, with with everything they were able to do but uh, I'm taking a look at his his game by game stats here and you look at uh, let's see where it really drops off I mean so their bye week was week 12 right Mm-hmm. And then you look at his output from week 12 on, right? It some yards real quick. Uh, you say that again because it kind of oh, – oh, um, awesome, I'll, I'll give you uh, uh, completions, attempts, and yards real quick for him okay. uh, from after their bye, which was week 12 on. So at Detroit, uh, 17 to 33, 207 yards. Uh, a TD and a pick. Mm-hmm. Like a pretty – that's a pretty nom like like that's not yeah. you're not you're not getting pumped about that. Then Chicago, which I'm giving him the pass on because Chicago's defense was the best in the league. He's twenty of forty yards, uh, no touchdowns, four picks. So Chicago mm-hmm. obviously like took him to town, right? Mm-hmm. 
Philly at home, 35-53, uh, no touchdowns in a pick. Hmm. At Arizona, 19-24, 216 yards, a touchdown. And then at, uh, at home against San Francisco to close it out, they score 48 points. He goes 15-26, and 26, 199 yards, but four touchdowns. Like, they obviously had no problem scoring. Yeah. Um, but, like, you look at those games, I mean – Nothing there that you're like getting super excited about when you yeah. compare to the stats he's putting up in some of those other games. If you take a quick glance, like, like the first eight games or whatever, yeah, like, I mean, like he's got a three of 50, a 350, 460, um, a 390, a 320. Like he's put up some really good games prior mm-hmm. to that, and those completion percentages weren't great either, right? We're talking 51, 45, 66, 80, which is good, obviously, mm-hmm. really good. And then even 57 in the game against the Niners where he threw a bunch of touchdowns. Yeah. Um, you know, like, so I don't know if, if it was really that surprising to me that Goff was as shell-shocked as he seemed because he kind of looked like he, their whole offense kind of sort of just sputtered there towards the end. Well, I think it's a little bit – it's kind of – it might be scheme. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like, I think the scheme at first was working. It took the league half a, half a year to – half a season to figure it out. Yeah. Um, and what I mean by, like, this, like, great coaching effort is that they – the Pats looked at the second half of the season and was like, well, what worked against him? Mm-hmm. And they took the best of those things and like put it together into a package yep. that they ran and they executed super well. I mean, that's the other part of coaching is like getting the players to do the yep. things in the right way. Um, but on the other hand, like the Rams defense, like what more would you want from your defense? No, they did. Than, than, like have like, it'd be like the, the Patriots scoring three points through three quarters. Yeah, they did. They did everything. The super they could. Bowl. So, yeah. um, Anyway, I it wasn't a great <laughs> wasn't a great game for the casual fan, but if you're a fan of defense and a fan of like good coaching, um, I think it was actually kind of like an all time interesting game. If not not a great game, but interesting game. I think with all the legacy stuff that obviously got tied to this, and it was always kind of like yeah, Belichick gets plenty of love, obviously from like the whole you know the media, the coaching community, whatever mm-hmm. for whatever he's been able to do, which is which is obvious. But I felt like this one was just more about Brady, the way a lot of people were talking about it. Mm-hmm. You know, they're like, Brady gets a 6-1, blah, blah, blah. It was like, it was a lot about him, right? Yeah. And I feel like, really, the takeaway for me for this was like, I don't know, I don't know if my view on Brady has necessarily changed or if it's going to change. Um, but uh, I feel like the, the nod, the, res- the extra kind of level of respect that Belichick gets, because this is like, this is just what he's done, right? Yeah. yeah, much to the chagrin of the rest of the league. Yeah, this is what he did, you know, when he was teamed up with Parcells. Mm-hmm. This is obviously what he's done when he's been at the helm of the Patriots. Like, he cooks up these schemes, and people are just like, yep, didn't see that coming. Like, and how, like, how, does it, like, how do you consistently do that for 18 years or whatever yeah, the yeah. stupid run is they've had? Yeah, you know, like, know. like, every single time. And people know. He's going to take away your best player. Yep. He's going to come up with something you weren't expecting. But it's like, I mean, I guess by definition, if you aren't expecting it, there's no way for you to prepare for it. <laughs> right, but, right. Um, but somehow, like, just consistently, like, every single freaking year, like, yeah. geez. Like, yeah. it's like so I, somebody called it the, uh, I don't know, maybe it was you, like Tom Brady Invitational or whatever, the AFC Championship <laughs> game. Yeah, right, <laughs> right. Um, there was something I heard, this small tangent, I think it was a Bleacher Report. They've been doing a lot of like one-on-one interviews with people, um, mm-hmm. you know, kind of past and present, if you will. But they had Steven Jackson on, 
and he joined the Patriots for like a short little run there near the end of his career. Yeah. And he's like, as oh, so man. many players do. Of course, right? And, and he's like, oh, I'm excited. We're going to the playoffs. Like, this is great. I've only been to the playoffs like twice. Counting this, like, he'd went to the playoffs when he was early on in his career with the Rams, but yeah. they were still rolling, right? And so he's like, this is great. Like, ooh, I'm excited. You know, he's like feeling it. And he's in the locker room, and Gronk's like, yeah, I mean, it's just crazy. I'm like, this is your second trip or whatever. And I'm paraphrasing here, but he basically says, like, Gronk's like, yeah, I don't know what it's like to not have a bye in the playoffs. <laughs> like the two the two disparate lives yeah. that they've lived you know as football players and, and that's that's what comes with it when you're with yeah. the baby, right it's like you're gonna go so yep just, just you know book your trip i mean how long how much longer does it last that i don't know yeah i really don't know i mean there was seemed like brady had zero drop off this year so he's uh, got, I, don't, I don't know about that no I guess I mean they had a they had a little more of a rough year than normal. I guess they lost five yeah. games, but most teams would be thrilled to win eleven games, right? Yeah, I guess what I would say is um, what this Super Bowl and this kind of year in general kind of really proved to me is like I think Brady needs Edelman more than he needs anyone. Mm-hmm. You know, like Gronk obviously when he was at his healthiest and everything, like yeah. the type of difference maker he still can be, but definitely was when he was in, you know, at his prime health, that's well documented. And it's mm-hmm. obviously, you know, his stats speak for themselves, but Brady won Super Bowls without Gronk being there. Mm-hmm. Right. And without Edelman, I mean, yeah, they still, they still had um, success, plenty of it. Right. Like they still went to the Super Bowl last year without Edelman. Yeah. But like just that little difference of like, I know who I got. I know who can like who I can trust, and mm-hmm. you know it's just it's just. I think it's more evident than ever that like, whatever Brady's got left, um, I think it's just as much as it's tied to Belichick. It's also tied to Edelman. He's mm-hmm. got to be there. Yeah, it's interesting. Although, I mean, you talk about Gronk, like, like he had a couple. He obviously had that really key catch, and he had a couple of key catches for first downs and stuff. But yeah, um, he I don't think I've ever seen a tight end that's a better blocker than, than Gronk for all the like passing accolades that he gets. Yeah. Just watching him in the run game or in the past blocking game. um, It's really freaking impressive to me. Yeah. And he had to, he had to really dedicate to being, being that right. I don't think he was always known. I don't think he wanted to be that early in his career. He wanted Uh, to be known for like flashy passing plays. Right. Yeah. He's obviously worked at it. Right. Yeah, definitely. Um, Next, so, I, mean, I, I mean, he gets a lot more respect from me these days than he did early in his career. Yeah. Do you think he's done? I wouldn't be surprised. I also, I also wouldn't be surprised if he came back for one more year. Um, yeah. But, uh, you know, because I could see Brady being like, let's just have one more run or something, you know. Right. He's the kind of guy It's like, yeah, like he could be convinced, you know, like at a party, like have one more shot, that last <laughs> shot. <you know? laughs> I don't think there's any better description. Uh, that could come for that. Yeah, I mean, I think that it's it's a it's a sell, right? It's a yeah. selling point from them. Um, I was thinking today. I don't know why. Like, if I were in a bar fight, mm-hmm. like which NFL players I'd want to have around me? And I think yeah. it's probably starts with. Well, actually, it starts with Gronk because he would just defuse the whole situation. There would be no bar fight. Right. You guys are party <laughs> you and, yeah, like everyone's yeah. friends at the end. But yeah. if it weren't, you know, if it weren't him. It'd probably be Edelman and um, 
and Doug Baldwin. Like pound for pound, the two <laughs> like, toughest, the toughest, scrappiest guys. Yeah, I think in the NFL. I see. You. Yeah. So, that's, That's an interesting take. You think about some weird stuff, man. Do you play <laughs> Is this something that you're trying to do? Well, you know, I played rugby uh, in college. Yeah. And I was a fullback, and we actually ran this weird, like, two fullback thing, which most, like, real teams wouldn't do. But the other fullback was uh, he had been the goalie for the Canadian hockey team, mm-hmm. like, in the, in the Olympics. So he was a stout little dude. He was, he was like, five foot six. Yeah. But he did not back down from anybody. <laughs> well, rugby allows you to be that type of person. Yeah, I mean. You're the nicest guy I've ever met that's played rugby. Well, I, I appreciate that. It's probably why I, I didn't play that well for that long. <laughs> <laughs> it was fun, but uh, yeah. it was mostly for me, it was like extending my high school football career. You know, I, just, sure. I, I, I wasn't going to play football at USC, but I could, play, I could play on their crappy rugby team. So Yeah. But that guy, I mean, that's the kind of guy you'd want in a bar fight. Like. Yeah, little guy, quick can avoid bottles being thrown or whatever. After yeah, totally. the yeah. chairs being knocked over, you know. But um, not going to back down. I mean, he was he would literally would take on anybody on the field at any time if they oh, yeah. like fronted him or whatever. Um, sure, that's not like to me. Edelman is probably pound for pound the toughest guy in the league. I mean, he's just you see you saw that one hit where um, I can't remember who hit him. Uh, Twenty on the Rams, whoever that is. Yeah, Joiner, he, was, he was like in the air. Joiner, yeah. Hit him and he just like bam on the ground, like so hard. Yeah. He just bounced up. He loved it. Yeah, he, no, he's I mean, he's 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 a competitor. He he definitely shows up for the big games, you know, like his Super Bowl stats are very solid. He's obviously like they they mentioned a couple times he's second in um postseason yards or catches, I think it was. Um uh after Jerry? After Jerry for a receiver, which is, you know, that says a lot. It's also kind of one of those skewed stats, which, again, I'm not trying to, like, just be, you know, um, contrarian here or whatever. But if you're making regular trips to the playoffs and oh, you're right. healthy enough to play, you are going to c- accumulate some great stats, I would yes. think. Right. Mm-hmm. But he is also showing up and, and doing what he, you know, doing what he does for those games. So, mm-hmm. you know, there is that. Um, yeah, I think uh, I totally agree with your take on the Super Bowl as a, as a whole, though. Um, you know, even sitting there watching it, like it was more frustrating than, yeah. than, than it that added to it being like it was frustrating and it was ugly, you know, mm-hmm. from an offensive standpoint that you're like, come on, come yeah. on, what is this, you know? But then going back and you like check out the, you know, I was watching it a second time, I was just like, man, they really, they really cooked something up here. And, yeah. you know, um, I know we've talked about this, uh, obviously, uh, in over text, you know, since, since the game, you know, there's going to be some kind of like real reality check for the Rams next year mm-hmm. in terms of, is this what other teams are going to do? Are they going to just try and mess with them? What, what are they going to, how are they going to counter? Cause yeah. And they've got all off season to figure it out. I'm sure they'll come up with something. Yeah. Um, I'm not the type of person to just like, Oh, well, everyone said McVay's a genius. So then he got schooled by Belichick. So he's not a genius anymore. It's like, no, no, he clearly figured something out that works pretty well Mm -hmm. um, in terms of his scheme and brand of offense. I think what he's learned is, Hey, when someone's really just wrecking your game plan, you've Mm got to be able to like pivot from that. Right. 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 You can't just have a a scheme that you run all the time. And I feel like that's what he did. I feel like he was just like, no, 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 we're not deviating from the plan. We're going and it's going to work. Like, kind of like the dam will break if we keep just running into it and yeah yeah, yeah. that's not the case 
Um, I, I don't know how much more we want to talk about the Super Bowl, but we got to – I think we got to touch on uh, at least one more thing, which is mm-hmm. uh, probably what I think almost everyone's talking about outside of the Belichick-Brady legacy thing, but, you know, is Gronk going to retire? I think those are maybe very high up there in terms of uh, what's being discussed. But mm-hmm. maybe right there, if not somehow above it, is this whole Todd Gurley, like, debacle mm-hmm. situation. Like yeah. – no one seems to be able to really piece together what happened. Um, some say he's, he's oh, somewhere like just on the narrative of, oh, he's injured. Um, you know, he was injured. Yeah. He, he did. He did get injured during the year. Um, he had a knee injury. Uh, I believe it was in the Philly game. Um, if not, it was in the, um, on the Chicago game was just kind of a wash, but uh, actually it might've been in the K it was in the KC game. He sort of tweaked his knee. Um, they scored like a whole crap ton of points and he barely scored. He didn't score any of them. Um, he had 50 yards in the game, but then they had their bye week and they go to Detroit and he gets 20 carries and runs for 130 yards and two touchdowns. Yeah. So you're like, okay, well, like he's fine. I'm assuming the knee is fine. Right. right. Then with, um, sort of the game out of hand, uh, against Chicago, he barely gets 11 touches. Doesn't even get 30 yards. It's just a wash of a game. Right. Yeah. Um, he also sunk me in the playoffs and <laughs> what can you do? You can't make up the schedule. Um, and then against Philly, similar 12 for 48 mm-hmm. did get two touchdowns. So obviously was still able to like help him out, but you know, the numbers kind of, kind of, they were fine in terms of a usage standpoint, but mm-hmm. he only got the ball 12, 12 or so times. Right. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's the biggest yeah. mystery since. Malcolm Butler getting benched in the last Super Bowl, right? It's true. It's I mean, true. That, was, that was weird. But this is weird in a different way. It's like Gurley is saying he was healthy. Yep. McVay is saying he wanted to get him in the game. You're the yep. coach. Like, get him in the game. Like, yeah, what do you, what do you need? Like, yeah, what do you need? A permission slip? Like, what the yeah. hell is supposed to happen? They, they, they sat him week 16 and 17. Mm-hmm. So this is like after three games back from the bye in which he, he got hurt the week before the bye. Yeah. So if you – you know, count, let's say from the Chicago game on, mm-hmm. he, you know, for four weeks, I mean, he, in four games, he touched the ball or he carried the ball, you know, 23 times in those four weeks. And that was, yeah. that was across two yeah. games. He got yeah. two games off. So then they, they have the bye, right. Uh, in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And, uh, uh, oh no, sorry. They don't have the bye, but they played against, um, no, wait, they did have the bye, right. Didn't they have the I don't know. Did the Rams have the bye? I thought they did. <laughs> I can't remember now. Um, but they play against Dallas. So I guess the, the fact of the matter is they play against Dallas. Oh, 16- did the Rams have the bye in the playoffs? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, of course. yeah, yeah they did, right? I just totally blanked. Um, Second seed, yeah. So, so they had the bye. So even then he got another week of rest. So it only adds to this whole, yeah. you know, the, 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 the whole story here. And, you know, 16 carries, 115 yards, a touchdown, mm-hmm. 7.2 a click. Um I mean, if it, well, so what I don't get is like, yeah. if it was an injury thing, somebody would be saying it's like, well, you know, he wasn't a hundred percent. Like, they, they, did you hear that at any point during the playoffs? Not I from didn't. him, not from yeah. the coach. He's not on the injury report. Yeah, and he, you know, it's you know, it's a big deal to like falsify the injury report. You know sure, what I mean? like sure. teams get in trouble for that. So yeah, yeah. I, I just like there's got to be something else to it, and it's not like. Like we were talking on the group chat, like yep. 
he got paid. It's not like yeah. they're they're it's like not like, they're like, hey, let's save him. Let's like you know, we can trade him or something. Right. Like, yeah. I don't. I don't get it. I mean, the, be- the beginning of that New Orleans game, Goff tried to hit him on what it either was a checkdown or a design play to go to him uh-huh. um, in the passing game, right? Um, it's an okay enough pass as far as what I felt like it was definitely catchable. What have you? Yeah. He didn't have to kind of reach for it. You know, you could kind of make the argument maybe it wasn't in the best spot, but bounces off his hands, right? Mm-hmm. Straight to the Saints. They pick it, right? Yeah. Ever since that moment something's just been wrong. And I don't know if he just got shell-shocked and, like, started to doubt himself or McVay lit into him and he didn't respond properly, you know. Mm-hmm. Maybe, I don't know, maybe maybe he flipped McVay the bird and somehow everyone missed it. I don't know. Yeah. But, like, something happened at that moment. And, uh, and the, the whole, like, outlook, mystique, whatever you want to call it, of the Rams and Todd Gurley changed. Yeah. Like, instead of being – a girly like girly driven Ferrari. Mm-hmm. They were he's just in the backseat. He's chilling. He's not even the go to guy. And it's all through Goff. And I'll give credit to Goff. He played well enough to win. He made some big time throws against the Saints. We obviously know what the story was with yeah. the, the the game itself. But it was almost like McVay just decided, no, nah, I'm done doing it that way. Like I'm gonna do it this way. Well I I'll, I mean CJ Anderson came in off you know off the couch. And had a great, you know, kind of run of games. Yeah. And I almost think that, like, one theory I have is that McVay kind of got caught up in that story of CJ yeah. kind of having this resurgence or, like, kind of driving them to the Super Bowl or something. And so he yeah. kind of stuck with that way past when he should have, you know? Yeah. But I, I don't mean, know. I mean, it's just really hard to explain. It, I mean, it, talking to you, talking to, like, literally anyone that is willing to yeah. sit down and talk to me about this, I've been trying to pull – both people who are willing to do that. Both people, including <laughs> myself, all three of us. Uh, you know, it's just like trying to get other perspectives, trying to get an idea. Like, and I mean, it's always some sort of melting pot of what we're talking about, right? Just yeah. some mystery. And I don't know. I don't know what it went on. It doesn't make sense, yeah. It does not. And, and I mean, you want to go big picture if we're going to really like sort of talk radio this thing. Like, <laughs> you're, you're a player in the Rams locker room. Mm-hmm. And you're watching this happen to Todd Gurley. Right. He's got a C on his jersey. He's got a – He's the best player on the team. Well, other than, other than Aaron Donald, he's the best player on the team. Fair. That's a fair statement. Mm-hmm. Um, offensive player of the year the year before. Yep. The guy's totaled 41 touchdowns in two years. Mm-hmm. Um, and what the hell is he doing on the bench? What's he doing on the bench? Like, I'm not saying Sean McVay is going to, like, straight outright lose the locker room, right? But let's say – a weird start to next season happens. And uh-huh. People are still asking questions. Yeah. You know, whatever's going on. And then it's like, okay, weird stuff happens. You know, like, but this weird? I don't know. It's just, it's Todd too Gurley much. Is a backup? Like, trade him, let him play for somebody else. I mean, I don't know. It's just, it's, it doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah. it's not even like, yeah, you, you mentioned, uh, uh, sorry to cut you off. You, you mentioned he got paid, right? Got the extension. This isn't a 29-year-old, 31-year-old running back. Todd Gurley is 24 years old. Yeah. <laughs> He's got a lot of tread on the tires. I don't know. And, and, the, and the Rams are in this total, like, we're selling out for this season. We're going to go to the Super yeah. Bowl. Like, the moves they made, the trades, the, everything they did. They got Tlaib. They got Sue. They got all these guys, right? Yep. They pick up Fowler. Like, they got all these guys. And you're like, well, damn, they're really going for it. Mm-hmm. So you do all that just to, like, 
not give your best offensive weapon the ball? To get to the to get to the Super Bowl and yeah. then not play your best offensive player. Yeah. It's just it doesn't make any sense at all. This is madness to me. I don't know, man. Yeah. Um it'll be interesting to see, like you're saying, like next season what happens, you know, if um I don't know. It just it just doesn't I don't know. I don't know how to like even reconcile it, you know. I mean I, I tweeted at halftime, I think, uh that like to me there were some obvious adjustments they needed to make, you know, like sure. Um, sure. you know, the, the Patriots were penetrating up the cent- up the middle, right? So yeah. you move the pocket or yeah. you run some screen passes or whatever, yeah. but like do something to kind of slow down the rush. Yeah. Like make them respect like that they have to actually play their position yeah. and not just sell out on the And and you could and to calm to calm, you know, golf down, I mean, maybe some screens. Yeah, yeah. Maybe that. It's kind of like two birds, right? You get golf, a easy nice little like momentum building, you know, mm-hmm. play and you get the ball to Gurley. Because yeah. he did look – I mean, for the most part, he looked okay when he was in there. He was he had, ripping he runs. a couple really nice runs, actually. He was yeah. ripping runs. He's in there. And, like, the whole time I'm watching the game, I'm like, oh, what an idea. Yeah. Like, what, who thought of this? Let's do that a few more times. Yeah. And I just – it, it, it was weird. It was like – And he's such, a, he's such a weapon in the passing game. Like, we saw it right. all year. You know, like, um, he, he had – just under 600 yards receiving he had just under 60 catches yeah um you know he, he caught four touchdowns but it's like they schemed stuff for him in the passing game mm-hmm. you know um it just it really does feel like mcveigh was just outmatched kind of like the play calling like it was just kind of like cj up the gut like mm-hmm. for half the game and then they were they, it was weird it was like they were they were only behind by three and then they were tied yeah, late in the game, and they were playing like they were like two touchdowns. The, totally, totally. Yeah, you know? I and, don't know. I don't know. I mean, I think we can talk for a long time about the the mystery of this, right? Mm-hmm. And it'd be great if we ever got a straight answer. But this feels like the same thing as the Malcolm Butler thing, where we're not going to get a straight answer, you know, yeah. about about what the hell happened. Yeah. Um, I really thought there was an opportunity to use Gurley in the passing game to attack the the Patriots linebackers. I really mm-hmm. thought that was like what you needed to do against them. And, you know, it is what it is. Maybe they wanted to try that too, but by the time they did, like, whatever this whole issue is, was, like, too prevalent and they couldn't figure it out. But mm-hmm. I don't know, man. It's like – it's not like you'd have to invent new plays to get him the ball. Like, he, <laughs> he had 60 catches on the year. You schemed stuff for him yeah, before. Yeah, You know, those weren't – those those weren't checkdowns. Swing passes, checkdowns even would have been fine. You know, like – I feel like I saw – pressure coming up the middle. Just yeah. swing it out to to uh, to Gurley, you know. I feel like I saw him get, like, two targets. Both were, like – there's a checkdown, and then there's, like, last resort, I'm about to die, checkdown. Right? right. Yeah, yeah. And I, and I feel like they were the latter, right? So, I don't know. I don't, just – Yeah, it's weird. Perplexing. Um, certainly confusing. Uh, selfishly speaking – this whole thing at the end of the year didn't help my fantasy team either. So, uh, well, you, this didn't help help me either because I I bet longtime listener Craig oh, yes. a bottle of whiskey yes over this. So, I, Craig, I need to know what I what I owe him. But you might you might have caught what I'm supposed to. Is a bottle of McCarthy's or something? I don't know. Whatever, some kind of whiskey. I'm not a whiskey drinker, so I don't know. But yeah, I I was certainly hoping for a random sure. even though I have to say I did predict. That the Patriots were going to beat the Rams ah, in August. We, you know, I gotta, I gotta give you respect here. <laughs> um, you absolutely called it. Um, yeah, actually, little, you called you called a couple things. I had several things. I can yeah. go through the list if you'd like. Let's go through the list. Let's, right. let's 
So let's, let's let Craig know. So back in August of last year, before the season was fully underway, I called that New England was going to be the class of the AFC. They're going to, mm-hmm. not by a big margin, but they were going to win the AFC. Mm-hmm. Um, I said that the Texans were going to win the AFC South. Mm-hmm. I said the KC was going to win the AFC West. Mm-hmm. Um, I also said that Cleveland was going to win 700% more games than the previous two seasons combined. Yes. Which they hit on the nose. On the nose. In Hugh Jackson's last year as head coach. That's a double. That's a double. Um, and then in the NFC, I said the Rams are going to take the West. Yeah. Um, the Saints were going to take the South. Atlanta and Carolina were going to be out of the playoff hunt, which turned out to be true. I mean, they were in the playoff hunt late, but they didn't make sure. the playoffs. Sure. Um, I said the Rams were going to make it to the Super Bowl to lo- and only to lose to the Pats. I mean, there were several things I, I got wrong, too. But, like, those – that's a – I'm, I'm kind well, of proud of myself. I mean, we're not going to focus on what you got wrong. That's not what this is about. <laughs> oh, good. Uh, um, no, that's – that's honestly, it's awesome. And I think that's every, – everyone loves, like, you know, talk, uh, the hot takes and this and that, whatever. I'm like, mm-hmm. you know, make, make, some, make some predictions mm-hmm. and then revisit them. And let's see how far off you are, you know? Like, I think it's great. Yeah. I was impressed with myself. I've never gotten that many things right. <laughs> Any, at, any, at anything. <laughs> yeah, literally at anything. <laughs> Not just football. Anyway, that was kind of fun. But, yeah, uh, that's great. Yeah, I don't know what to predict for next season. Well, there's still time. <laughs> yeah, uh, I guess the off season is uh, three days old. So Yeah, as soon as, as soon as the Super Bowl ended, I literally just went, oh, well. Now what? I guess, I guess that happened. <laughs> um Cool, it's officially NFL draft season. Let's go. Yeah, that's I just, right. <laughs> I just turned the corner. I was like, here we go. Let's go. Two and a half months to the draft. Okay. Yep. <laughs> here we go. Yep. Uh, some, some of us have been looking at the draft since week four. And, uh... <laughs> well, you have, you have a good pick this year. Aha. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, a little, a little uh, additional frustration uh, as a fan. Um, the only team that the Cardinals decided to beat this year were the Niners, but somehow the Cardinals get the number one pick and the Niners are number two. So that's life. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, uh, nothing, you know, a hundred Modellos can't fix. Uh, <laughs> Joe's brought to you by Modelo. Yeah, uh, right. no, we wish. Uh, hey. We wish I'll we had a sponsor. If you're if out you're there and you feel like sponsoring us, yeah, listen. just send us a check. No need. Just send us uh, uh you know what we, you know what this podcast is. Just send us like that's true. A confirmation of, of identity and, yeah. and send us an email. That's fine. And we'll be so happy. <laughs> I'll take a voicemail. It's fine. It's fine. Wow. Um, but no, I, uh, uh, I think the, the draft is, you know, it's, it's going to be really interesting to see how many defensive players go in this first round. Mm-hmm. There's, Obviously, going to always be your mixture of, hey, who needs a quarterback, this and that, you know, what have you. Um, I do think there are receivers that could be taken. There's actually a pretty deep tight end class. Um, This running back class, it's more of like the middle of it is very strong. Um, There's not really your – I don't think there's your top end, like, game changer, Mm -hmm. Zeke Elliott, you know, Leonard Fournette. Like, you know, this guy needs to be a top ten pick type of running back. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's some very good ones and, uh, all that's fine, but the defensive talent mm-hmm. and especially this first round is, it's really insane. There's you a follow, lot. Of, you follow college a lot closer than I do. So it's mostly defensive linemen or what's the, front, what? it's a lot of front seven, but, um, there's at least there, there could easily be three corners. 
Um, safety is not as deep as maybe it has been in the last couple of years. Yeah. Um, there, there, you might see one to maybe two max in the mm-hmm. first round, I would think, unless someone pops up, you know, with a crazy combine or you never know what, what else changes it. Yeah, sure. But, um, um, yeah, there's um, some very solid middle linebackers. There's a lot of defensive ends, pass rushers, and there's a couple, like, potential game changer, you know, DTs mm-hmm. that are coming out. So, yeah, a lot of front seven talent. Um, and I think it's going to be interesting to see how many total defensive players go in the first round. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's interesting because I, you know, I'm, my, my team isn't picking quite as high as your team. So, um, like I would say that our, the, the top need for the Seahawks is defensive line, either tackle or end. Um, maybe tackle more if they're able to uh, re-sign, um, what's his name? Uh, Frank. Clark. Frank Clark. Um, but if they can't resign him, then maybe an end, uh, whatever. But like D-line D and depth on the D-line is always good and all that kind of stuff. But mm-hmm. if this class is that deep in D-line and there's only one or two good safeties, like I would be fine with them taking a, like a top, top, like using the first round pick on a, on a good safety. Yep. Um, Cause that's the other like big defensive uh, need, I think. Yeah. Yeah. The heir apparent to, uh, to Earl Thomas, obviously. Um, yeah. yeah. Who, I don't, who I don't think is going to be there next year. I'm going to take a wild guess and say no. Yeah, <laughs> um, based on how how things went for him, um, flipping the bird to the coach as he's carted off with a broken. Well, yeah. well, can you blame the guy? I mean, no. it's it's Pete Carroll after all, so it's easy to <laughs> give him a little salute. Um, but uh, no, I mean the guy held out, wanted a new deal, comes in, balls out. I mean, what he got hurt in the third game? Yeah, it was early. Yeah, yeah, he had four picks in the in that part of the wow. season. Yeah, so I mean, he's, he's a Hall of Fame safety, I think, you know. It's, a, it's an interesting conversation. I, I don't know if I can argue. <laughs> well, no, I'm not, not even being defamatory here. I just don't know yeah. what the, the stats and the measuring stick really is. Like, it's safety is an interesting position, you know, for, for the, the Hall of Fame talk. But, no, yeah. But anyway, short, yeah. In, in short, he can, still, he can still play at a yeah. very, very high level, right? Um, so, yeah, I can see that making sense for, uh, for Seattle. I mean, the NFC West – will uh, be very, you know, uh, front and center of the draft, right, with the Cardinals picking one and the, the Niners picking two. Um, mm-hmm. I do think, like any other year, you know, free agency is going to change things up maybe here or there mm-hmm. um, in the, within the top five, potentially the top ten, um, in terms of, like, can they fill a need? Any of these teams fill a need of free agency first in terms of need one or two, and then that lines up your draft pick. Um, seeing a lot of, you know um, – mock drafts out there that are saying that, uh, um, you know, there's, it's a, it's a healthy amount of um, uh, kind of diversity in, in who could go with, with the top pick. Mm-hmm. I think it's right now it's pretty split 50, 50 where it's like, it's Nick Bosa defensive end from Ohio state mm-hmm. um, little brother, Joey Bosa, pretty similar in terms of like skill set. I believe Joey's a little taller. I'm not entirely sure yet, but um, can confirm that. But um, you know, you kind of, I think because you know how good of an athlete his brother is, people kind of feel like they know what they're getting with, with Nick Bosa. Um, a lot of people regard him as the best player in the, in the draft, so mm-hmm. he should go number one. Makes a lot of sense, right? Okay. But then some folks are saying, well, the Cardinals are changing up their defense. They're going to be um, under Vance Joseph. They're going to have a different alignment. They you know, already have Chandler Jones. They already invested a first-round pick um, two years ago, and uh, I believe two years ago, and Hassan Riddick uh, – who can play outside linebacker and, and stuff like that. So they're saying, 
well, maybe they need to go short of the middle and the inside, right? Okay. And there's, um, you know, Stavi, if you heard this before, a, uh, a, a you know, potentially game-wrecking defensive tackle from Alabama coming out. That uh, just seems to be what they do. Um, he's particularly impressive. He's 19, so he's got, you know, room to, wow. room to grow and, uh, and all that. Uh, I think there's a good chance that they go for him, number one, and, and wow. just try to, you know, show up their front seven. Will he be 19 when the draft happens? I'm not sure. I'd have to check. That's like, that would be insane that a 19-year-old will go first overall. Yeah. But, I mean, you make a case. I like it could happen. Yeah. So, the Cardinals pick first, and then your Niners pick second. Like, who, yeah. who are you – like, what are, what are the needs for the Niners? Like, who are you hoping that they are able to take? Well, I think uh, the need the, – the clear need is a pass rusher for sure. Um, they do still have many needs. I mean – part of the book on the Niners leading into this year before anything went down. Uh, I was definitely on the, on the record saying, you know, they still need another draft. They still need another fan, a free agent class to really fill the kind of the gaps here. So they, uh, and a lot of those needs weren't necessarily, you know, rectified uh, with the way the year went. So they still have plenty of needs. Um, they uh, could easily stay packed and just go with whatever defensive line, you know, um, player that they think would work. They have um, a pretty awesome defensive tackle right now, DeForest Buckner. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm hoping they extend him in the offseason. Uh, they invested a high draft pick, uh, third overall in Solomon Thomas two years ago. Um, he plays end currently, but mm-hmm. on plays, uh, snaps that he got from the interior where he got to team up with Buckner, mm-hmm. um, his uh, – his hurries went up, his, uh, his pressures went up. Like he, he clearly is more, maybe just he's more suited for, for that spot or to rotate in. I'm not sure. Is, so, he, is he kind of like a, is he kind of like an Aaron Donald where he's a little undersized, but quick or something? Or? Um, I'd say, I mean, I don't think anyone's really like Aaron Donald, but sure. uh, <laughs> um, I mean, it, yeah, he, he seems to just kind of be better equipped for, um, you know, using kind of bull rushing people as opposed to just using the finesse from the end and, and, and things oh, okay. like that. Yeah. Um, he is still very good at run support at the end. Like, I don't want it to sound like he's like just useless at that spot, mm-hmm. but um, you know, uh, pressure means they're not getting enough sacks, right? That's mm-hmm. what it means. And so um, while a lot of people are talking about the Niners going for Quinn and Williams, uh, the, the, the DT from Alabama, if the Cardinals go for Nick Bosa, um, I could kind of see both sides of it, right? Mm-hmm. On the one hand, they just need pressure. If you have two awesome DTs, you're going to get pressure, right? right? Like you're going to get – it's going to happen. Yeah, there's three guys but, on the interior and they can only double-team one of them, right? Is that going to, is that gonna uh, you know, equate to more sacks? Maybe, maybe not. But pressure is the name of the game. If it gets yeah. there, then that's it. That, that's, that's setting everything else up. So if that's who they feel like is the best suited for it, then mm-hmm. I guess that's who they go with. I personally think because I have other players that can rotate inside and currently play inside along with Buckner, mm-hmm. that you kind of fill the outside out and, and start to, you know, get to where you're balanced all around. Yeah. Um, so I'd probably prefer them to stay somewhere with a defensive end or a pass rusher or, you know, like something like that. Um, another guy that's come up in a lot of conversation is uh, pass rusher Josh Allen, not to be confused with the quarterback that was, you mm-hmm. know, very, uh, very high on in last year's draft. Um, 
But uh, Josh Allen uh, could have been maybe a top, I think they said 10 to 15 pick last year. Mm-hmm. But he decided to stay in school. He added, um, you know, some 10 something, 12 pounds of, of muscle or something and um, upped his sack total, upped his tackle for loss total, like really just improved his draft stock to where he's, you know, in the, in the conversation for top three, top five pick now. Mm-hmm. So I think any combination of those guys, uh, you know, it, it definitely would help. Like none of those I think would hurt. Um, uh, I don't know which way they're really going to lean, obviously, until this is why I bring up free agency or why I brought it up earlier. There's some pass rushers that are going to hit the, the market. And if they can sort of – if they can get, get one, then you can kind of feel like, okay, well, then we just take best player available, which maybe yeah. they should do anyway. But you take – maybe you take Williams over Allen at that point, right? Mm-hmm. Because, you know – Every, everyone everyone's trying to find their Aaron Donald or their Fletcher Cox or their, um, you know, Geno Atkins or, or several other DTs that are just awesome. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that's what I think they do. But, you know, really, they've only got five picks this draft. Um, so, you know, other trades and stuff that have been sorted out over the last mm-hmm. couple of years. So I think a trade down is very likely. Um, as we always say uh, during the draft and leading up to it, it takes two to tango with a trade down. You can't mm-hmm. just say, I want to trade down and you back up. <laughs> it's like yeah. someone's going to want to trade up. So usually yeah, – which means it has to be compelling talent at the top. Compelling talent. And, and usually the thing that dictates a trade up in most drafts is a quarterback. So right. I think there's got to be one to maybe two that right. get people excited enough about the prospect to want to do that. And well, there Especially are, if, it's a, if it's a deep draft for a defensive lineman. Mm-hmm. You know, like you why, would, down. why would you drop – why would you draft – like a trade up to get to number two. Right. If there's like five good guys, you know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. So it's about, um, you know, the teams that are looking for a quarterback, which there are a few, mm-hmm. and they are right around, you know, picks kind of, you know, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, like that sort of chunk of the, of the yeah. top 10. But this isn't a, isn't a super strong draft for quarterbacks, right? Well, not by, not, not in the comparison of like, Oh, there's someone that would even maybe currently be in the conversation to go number one, but I think that also has to do with the teams that are picking at the top of the draft, right? Mm-hmm. So the Cardinals, the Niners, uh, the Jets are third, the Raiders are fourth, right? Yeah, right. For, for all are kind of set at quarterback. All intents and purposes, right? They're, you're, yep. they're, they're in the camp of we have our guy already. Yeah, so, it's really the Giants where it kicks off, so right? The Giants at six is kind of really where it goes. Yeah. Right? You got the Giants at six, you got the Jags at seven. And then you got the Broncos at ten, right? So it's, really, it's like the the Giants are actually in a good position. If they wanted to trade back, they could probably do it because they're the first quarterback needy team. Like no one's worried about the first five picks taken quarterbacks, right? I think for them it just really depends on like if they think someone's going to move ahead of them, right? Because that does happen too. Right? Oh, if teams yeah. if teams know that's what you need and that's what you're like looking for, yeah, uh, then that'll happen. You look yeah. at uh, two years ago, everyone. I think I think it was well kind of known that the Cardinals were looking for their next quarterback, right? Yeah. I mean, they, and, and uh, uh, I think that's proven even more by taking Rosen, you know, a year later, but mm-hmm. um, you go back and it's, oh, sorry, it's two years ago. Um, Trubisky goes to the bears, right? Mm-hmm. Then um, you're like, okay, well, the Cardinals are going to sit back and just take whatever quarterback they can, right? The Texans massive jump up. Mm-hmm. headed right in front one slot ahead yeah. or two slots ahead to get Deshaun Watson yeah. right then you're like okay well 
they're still quarterbacks. I guess the Cardinals now will have to just deal with taking some Patrick Mahomes kid and the Chiefs come <laughs> screaming up and yeah. swoop him, right? Yeah. So when there's, you, when there's a known need like that for a quarterback team, that's true. it's kind of tough. So I don't know if the Giants will necessarily think about moving up. I don't know if that's really in their, their GM's kind of DNA of, of, of moving things around. <sighs> they need but a quarterback, though, man. If you need a quarterback, which they do. Um, All apologies to Eli, but. I mean, but so it's twofold. There's these teams that know they need a quarterback and everyone knows that they need one. Mm-hmm. So what do they do, right? Mm-hmm. Do they sit there or do they trade up? Right. And if they trade up, what are you willing to give up? You know? mm-hmm. So I smell a trade. I don't know if it's with the Niners or with the Jets. I smell a trade with the Broncos coming up from 10. Um, not mm-hmm. that they're like ready to ship out Case Keenum. I just think that Elway keeps looking for like his next guy. Yeah. And he's clearly a year's enough time for him to like assess whether or not someone has it or not, you know, in general. It'd be like trying to play a guard for Michael Jordan. You know, it's like, <laughs> no, he's not going to be satisfied with anybody unless they're right. like amazing, you know? <laughs> right. Um, but he keeps trying and, you know, I'll give him yeah. that. I'll give him that. So they signed Case Keenum free agency. They're sort of lukewarm on, on how that went. Right. So what do you do? Well, duh. <laughs> I mean, sure. Case you know, it's like, yeah. Big it's not going to be the long-term answer. Yeah. So you, uh, and I think the guy that they thought was a long-term answer, uh, a sixth or seventh round pick two years ago, three years ago, I think Chad Kelly um, had off the field problems, dipped in the draft, but had all the tools, just clearly had like some, some issues staying out of trouble. Mm-hmm. And lo and behold, got in trouble. They cut him mm-hmm. like after two years. I think Elway was kind of hoping he just kind of had a diamond in the rough that he just needed to, to sort out. Yeah. Anyway, that didn't work. So I think the Broncos are going to try to move up to either three or two, depending on who we can work a deal with and what the asking price is. Um, you know, the breadcrumbs between the Broncos and the Niners front office is uh, it's obvious. Um, so Do the Broncos have a lot of picks? Is that, do they have a lot of capital to work with? Or? They, I mean, uh, I'd have to look at their, their total you know, portfolio, but I think that um, – You trade future picks and stuff. You trade future picks and – when your need is that apparent at that position, you kind of are willing to mortgage, you know, yeah. like there's no, to me, when you get the pick right at quarterback, there's no, mm-hmm. there's no giving up too much. Yeah. Right. Did the Eagles give up too much for Wentz? Nobody gonna say shit. Right. You know, even the Rams after this game, you'd think they still have something in golf. There's not like oh, yeah. they need to yeah. cut him. Right. So yeah. they gave up a ton. It's fine. You know what I mean? So, um, the Texans, the Chiefs, whatever you want to say, a lot of examples, yep. uh, a lot of trade-ups in the last couple of years, right? So if you feel like you got your guy, it's worth it, you know? Mm-hmm. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. But um, I, think the, I think slots two and three are ideal for trade-down. Yeah, um, that's probably right, yeah. Yeah. Huh. Interesting. Yeah, I'm just hoping that um, of all things that happen, that, the, uh, that my Seahawks take care of the next kicker in free agency. And don't spend like a fourth or fifth round pick on a freaking well, kicker this year. Well, your favorite, your favorite punter in rec- on record. Uh, <laughs> I mean, He's a good punter. I won't say that the player is not a bad player. Right. Where they took him, I don't know about that. Yeah. But he was very good. Uh, is very good. I mean, he, was, me. he was all yeah. pro. Yeah. I mean, about all or, you can ask for. A fifth round yeah. pick. I mean, he won him. He won him that game on his own where he ran out of the end zone. Uh, or, yeah. you know, like escaped, <laughs> I should say, at yeah. the end zone. Um, 
you know, I mean, clearly, like, I was kind of hoping pick. he would do that again after after that. There were a couple instances where I was like, yeah. short, just run it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's got to be in the back of people's minds now when they when they play. Yeah, you know, that's true. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's pretty clear that Seabass is done after he pulled his hammy on his last kick. Yeah. Um, but you know, Matt Bryant just hit the market, so we can pick mm-hmm. up another forty-four-year-old quarterback or a uh, kicker. <laughs> That'd be, like, be great. Forty-four-year-old quarterback. You gonna bring Hasselbeck back and bring him? He's he's older than forty four, isn't he? I don't I know. Think anyway, I think forty four year old kicker. Anyways, yeah. But um, I would take Matt Bryant. The Falcons are going to release that guy. He missed one kick this year. Yeah, he's still good. Yeah. He's still very good. So, we'll we'll take him. We have a thing yeah. for old old kickers. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, we've been talking for a long time. Hour yeah. fifteen. Yeah. So we should probably wrap it up. Um, any last uh, words of wisdom? Um, not to put you on the spot or anything. <laughs> of course, of course not. When do you ever do that? No, no. Uh, no, I know. I just think um, you know, it's obviously it's a little bittersweet. The season's over, but you know, like yeah. I said, you know, the draft is what's next, and you know, we've got some time before that kicks off. And but free agency is in March, so mm-hmm. you know, we just got to get through February. Thanks for listening. This has been the Slant and Go. The Slant and Go. You can find us on uh, Instagram at the Slant and Go, uh, Twitter at the slant and go on itunes the slant and go and uh google uh, play or podcast google whatever it's called google play the, the slant, slant and, go. and go yep it's always the slant and go so that's and uh the slant and go even if you feel like or if you just go to the slant and it'll redirect you to oh this is why you're a professional tumblr yeah <laughs> Oh man, well, um, it's exciting. Hopefully, hopefully, uh, these couple dozen new listeners keep listening after they've heard us. <laughs> yeah, to the new listeners, uh, don't let this scare you, but also don't let this set some kind of weird expectation. Um, yeah, we are, we are we are not we are not good at this. It's not first. usually any better than what we just did. So um, <laughs> this is this is peak form and lowest form at the same time. <laughs> we we actively strive for mediocrity around yeah, here. So. We, we really hope that you don't compare us against other cop- other podcasts, any other podcasts, really, because um, this is about as good as it gets. I couldn't agree more. <laughs> anyway. All right. Signing off. Signing off.